0: Hi, my name is Johnny.
1: Hi, my name is Bridget.
0: Hi, my name is Adam. And And we've never seen seen the third third man. man. Welcome everybody to another episode of Fine Owl Watch It, the show where we show somebody, anybody, sometimes multiple people, a film they've never seen before, but they absolutely should have. You heard all of our names up top. It's the regular crew this week, and we are kicking off what we dubbed, like a couple months ago, Noir November, with the 1949 film The Third Man. I know nothing about this movie, so I will throw to you guys first, but I want to figure out before we find out what we know or don't know about this movie, kind of what your thoughts are on the noir genre as it stands in the 1940s to 1960s, like classic definition of noir, as well as like the neo-noir, modern noir kind of takes elements and continues it. Because I think technically by definition, noir is like a specific period of time and then everything else is post noir and neo noir or whatever offshoot version of it that you want to yeah. go with. So I don't know, Johnny. I'll start with you because I think this was kind of your suggestion. What do you uh, What do you kind of like about the noir genre, and what are some of your favorites? Yeah, I for me, I like it because like
2: you have genres like comedy and drama and action, but like this one, like just really hams it up. Like it owns it more than any other. I think genre. It plays it close to its chest. It, it has a lot of fun elements to it. It's always very moody. The lighting is always really cool and a lot of cool contrast. There's always really interesting leads. Like the scripts are always kind of like airtight. Like there's no fat on any noir like ever. And there's always like murder and intrigue and juicy things going on. And, uh, you know, there's pinstripe suits yeah. and there's always something Dames.
1: Dames. dames. Fem-
2: yeah femme fatales uh, yeah I don't know I just I I really I really enjoy it I like it's it's very much as you said of its time uh, it belongs in a place in, in film history at its at its essence I mean film noir is basically dark cinema dark movies that's basically what it means mm-hmm. so yeah I it's kind of I feel like it's kind of hard to really explain why I love it. It, I don't know.
1: It's just good. It's just good,
2: yeah. It's like kind of reading like a graphic novel or, again, a graphic novel obviously came years after a film noir or anything like that. But at a pure reference, I mean, I can only think of things like that where it's just, it's almost B, very B-movie-esque. There's always something twisty going on. I'm a big sucker for twists. I don't know. Yeah, now like the time period, and like you said, then you have like the neo noirs. You have like the Blade Runners. Um, you had one called Brick, which was like a high school noir, which mm-hmm. like um, I forget. Ryan Johnson's. Ryan first Johnson movie. did. I think David Lynch's Mulholland Drive. You could. I know a few. Blue maybe, Velvet. Blue wow. Velvet. So those are like noirs. So I mean, there's there's things that really define a noir. Then people sort of like t- took liberties about it. And it's like you could say it's a noir. But the third man in like double indemnity and some of these movies that we may tackle this month are undoubtedly noirs. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Bridget, what I it's so hard to explain yeah. why you love these sort of movies, but
1: uh, you get a lot of great character actor performances too. You know, these in some ways are the when you're looking at like the golden age of cinema when you have sort of big Hollywood stars and everyone's very manicured and perfect looking, your Cary Grants, all of that, you at the same time have these sort of anti-Hollywood movies, which in some ways are noir is coming out of the way it's a way for filmmakers at the time to sort of skirt around the Hays Code and, you know, again talk about these subjects that are more taboo, so they tend to be uh, more tantalizing, um, more salacious, but I don't know, they're just... And they're fun, and they're mysteries, and they're, there's crime involved, and
2: yeah, it's, just, it's,
1: it's a it's, good time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's,
2: they're always, like, very story-driven, character-driven. It's never the action. It's always just... There's always at least one character in the movie that's swept up in what's going on. There's always, like, someone that typically is very confident in the beginning and then loses confidence throughout, like... They may start out in the movie as being, like, this hero detective, or... It's someone who's very uh important to a lot of people then at the end of the movie
0: they're just they're in pieces like yeah. the rest of it uh some of them even like it's the guy who five years before the movie starts was the hot shot number one detective but like now we see him and he's a uh, drunk and you know he had one that one bad case right. and now he needs a redemption and he's gonna get pulled down into the muck for this one and yeah hopefully he can figure it out and yeah, at least it's salacious. It's always, like, very... It's always boozy and smoky and
2: violent. So smoky. And mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, there's not a sun in sight no, most never. of the time. If it is, it's coming through shades that are, like, 75% closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Love them. Yeah. Absolutely love them.
1: And, you know, you get a lot of great sort of modern noirs, like your Chinatown. Yes. Um... Even, like, the psychosexual thrillers of the late 80s, early 90s, uh, Basic Instinct, yeah. uh, Body Heat are very much, like, of the... Their ancestors are Double Indemnity and Monster's oh, right. Falcon and...
2: Body Double. Yeah. yeah. All of that. Yeah. But, uh, and I, I will, and I will, I'm sad to admit that I have not seen a lot of the movies that, like, say I put together on this list. Mm-hmm. I feel ashamed that I should have seen a lot of these by now because I do really enjoy them. But I will say that with Noirs you sort of have to be in the mood for it. It's not a casual watch by any means. I feel like I'll be like, oh I wanna i will pass it like on Netflix or something like that and I'll be like, No, it's just I just i I'm never in the mood to watch one. Um, not to say that it's like a downer or anything, it just it's a specific viewing experience that needs like the lights off. You can't watch the shit during the day, it can't be like on an iPhone or like that. It's gotta be yeah. It's got, you got to set the mood. It's a, very much like a horror movie.
0: Yeah. because well, you got to ride the tension of, are they going to catch the guy? Is the guy going to get killed? Like, who's, who's the next, you know, victim of this spree or what have you? Right, right. So you, you got to be kind of like, you need that white knuckle experience of, are they going to catch this guy or are they going to figure out the clues in time? Otherwise you're, you're like, okay, that was just the thing that happened. Right, right, right. Which makes sense. I I also have not seen most of the thing. I think all of the things. Because, again, I think I've talked about this before. Like, I'm not a person who goes back a lot to the movies of the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, even. Unless it's like, you know, an absolute must-see, which I can't think of any off the top of my head. But, like, I like the idea of noir as a concept more than I like any particular execution. Because I don't think I've seen any particular classic, again, time period-specific noir movie. But I do like the whodunits. I like the, I like when other things like movies or TV episodes will have like, oh, this is our like noir episode where it kind of puts on the black and white filter and everyone's going, yeah, see, like I like <laughs> that aspect of it. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, like, and I've read comics where it's like it's Spider Man, but he lives in the 1930s and is also a detective and wears a big hat like, fedora and sauce right, car, right, right. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that kind of stuff is always cool. Like, the mixing of things that I like with this style that I'm not overly familiar with but understand the tropes of. Right. So I'm excited to get into, like, the weeds on this specific genre as, you know, evidenced by its best. Yeah. And I we've talked about like when we watch like Seven, which is pretty new neo noirish. Yeah, sure, sure. uh, yeah. Even looking at lists of best noir movies, like Roger Rabbit's on there yeah. technically, because yeah. it, it does have that you know old you know old uh, Hollywood nasties, drinking, smoking, murder, Just a rabbit, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dames. You yeah, know. so it's got all those. It's got the tropes, but it's wrapped up in a little kitty mystery. But again, like, I like those tropes in it. I yeah. like, um, I know, I think you've played this, Johnny, uh, L.A. noir the PS3, oh, yeah, yeah, like, sure, 10 yeah. years ago. And that was a fun kind of, it's an old 1940s L.A., and you're solving a crime, and you're doing all the detective work, and you got to pour over the evidence. Like, it was just a fun kind of throwback to it, you know, a movie like L.A. Confidential I really like, and yeah. that's neo noir written all over it, even though it does technically take place in the 50s or something, like, it's... But I really like that. It's got
2: the big, brassy, like,
0: soundtrack Um, and
2: hot tempers. Yeah.
0: So, stuff like that. I'm like, okay, cool. I really like the things that borrowed from the genre proper 30 years before it was made. Um, So, I'm excited to get into actually seeing one specifically. Um, So, transitioning to tonight's movie, The Third Man. Johnny, kind of what do you know about this going in beyond just... It's on a list of best noirs that you gotta watch. Uh,
2: I I know it's Orson Welles. I don't know if he directs it. I know he's in it, but I know I believe it takes place in Britain, not in the U.S. Believe it's British, um, but that it it's on every like top ten like must watch noir list. I I've, I've rarely seen a list where it's not on it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't really know anything beyond that. I know it's, like, typical black and white, made in the 40s, something like that. Yeah, nothing. And I, I like it. I want to go
0: almost as blind as possible with it. What about you, Bridget?
1: Just that. Same same boat.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Now I looked. It's not directed by Orson Welles. Okay. Um, so it is a different director. Do you guys have any particular favorite Orson Welles movies that you've liked in the past? I mean, I another one that I... I like and I own is
2: Touch of Evil, which is noir, that he actually directed and starred I mean, again, you have like Citizen Kane, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but for such a big name, and I, I just haven't watched a lot. I know he did an iteration of Macbeth, I think, or Hamlet, or I don't know which one. Um, I mean, that sounds
0: right. I feel like yeah. there was a big Shakespearean, Orson Welles thing.
1: My favorite... Uh, Orson Welles' performance is him on the Dick Cavett show. Like, I liked Orson Welles just as Orson Welles talking yeah. shit about everyone. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite Orson Welles format, personally.
2: Um, oh, what's that thing he's trying to sell and he's completely shit-faced, <laughs> like YouTube video?
1: Yes, I love... Like, that's the Orson Welles <laughs> that I love. Um,
0: Late-era Welles.
1: Oh, so good. But he- anytime he shows up, it's a treat,
0: really. I feel like I've seen... People portray Orson Welles in movies more than I've seen Orson Welles in movies. (laughs) So it's one of those weird things of like, I've seen Citizen Kane. I watched it in college, like for a film class or whatever. I knew the ending and I was bored through the entirety of it. And so I was like, oh, I won't hold that against him since everybody loves it and it's a technical achievement. And like what a guy he was in terms of, you know, making awesome things. But I feel like I've mostly seen a lot of things about the making of a thing with Orson Welles in it. Like your, like, what, RKO 241 or whatever that movie was with, uh... We have Schreiber where they're trying to make... They're trying to make some movie. Okay. It might even be Citizen Kane. And it's just, like, about the behind-the-scenes of it. So, like, everyone's playing Orson Welles in things. So But I don't actually know what he's like as an actor. Right. Beyond just, uh... I mean, I know
2: Venture came out with that movie recently, Mank, where it was about... Uh, mm-hmm. About making of Citizen Kane, I believe. Or what... Was Citizen Kane or which movie I was?
1: think it is. And, um...
2: It's about the screenwriter, the writing process, writing writing citizen screen, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I feel like that movie just propelled him to stardom, and, like, he just, I don't know, his personality and everything about him sort of, like, superseded, like, everything about him in
0: Hollywood, I think everyone adored him for that and yeah. i think because well, he was super young when that came out too right wasn't he like in his early 20s when he did that and that yeah. kind um, of skyrocketed him to fame and fortune yeah right? and he
1: never it was not that he wanted to be a movie star too he all had these larger ambitions outside of being a star but
0: i have heard war of the worlds though he was very good in that very convincing i thought aliens were really yeah
1: you
0: he, <laughs> shoot <laughs> i called Hide the in your light. basement yeah <laughs> I was like, listen, I was just listening to this event at the Starline Ballroom, and the news guy cut in and said, aliens, and we need to figure (laughs) this out. Are you guys on this? Police? we need to figure this out. But I think that's that's my favorite role of his, is the voice of the radio play. (laughs) 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 So yeah, I mean, before we get into this, since we've kind of touched base on what we know or don't know about it, any expectations, like any favorite noir tropes that you hope are a part of this? Obviously, we don't want to write the movie for ourselves, but... Anything that you're kind of hoping is like, okay, cool. We get one scene of this.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just just because it's landed on so many lists and and uh, whether or not it's like an actually a really good story, I think it's going to fall into like the technical aspects of it. That it's going to be very moody. The soundtrack's going to have like this lone saxophone, trumpet going on. You know, the smoke, the high contrast, dark visuals, uh, the the cynical dialogue. I mean, if it has that, then I'm going to like it. But, yeah, I'm trying not to put it like it's going to be amazing. Because mm-hmm. um, I really don't put noirs like, at that sort of pedestal as, like, I can't even think of, like, incredible movies, but off the top of my head, like, I can, that I compared you. But, again, this is, like, a genre movie to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Basically the comic book movie of the 40s. Right. You know, where it's, it's not your mainstream cinema. It's not necessarily going to get recognized at the Oscars, per se. Like, I don't... We can look at this after, but I don't know that this was ever up for any awards outside of your cinematographies or your sound editing or something. Lighting guy, you know. We were able to really see everything, even though it's incredibly dark (laughs) for 90 minutes. So, good job on you. Here's a trophy. What about you, Bridget? Any kind of tropes that you're looking for? Any expectations here?
1: I just... I hope we get to meet a lot of seedy characters. Mm -hmm. You know, just con men and losers and femme fatales. That's... That's what I like. I want to see a pack of weirdos.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to like some of the like 1940s language that you know isn't talked in, the, in that manner. You know, the right. dames and the the broads. And I I do hope that if there's a detective in this, that he's got like his you know list of cronies that he goes to for information. Like you're gonna tell me what I want to know, or I'm gonna waste you. Like yeah. I want, I kind of want like the cheesy, corny aspects of it that are aped in so many different things or played for laughs in comedy versions of these kinds of stories but like in a serious way just because I think that'll be fun for me as like a oh, okay I recognize this aspect of it and I like that it's played for serious instead of for yucks so I do hope that we get some of that I hope there's a good shot in an alleyway or one of those you see the shadow but you don't know who's holding the gun like I want to
2: Give that to me all time. Yeah, I want
0: I want stuff like that. I a want lot. you know, I want fedoras and I want there to be like, you know, the guy with the hat with the little press pass in it. Like I want all of that like old forties kind of stuff that hopefully is all part of a tight story with like a good mystery and a good yeah. who done it to to kind of figure it Like I wanna I want to be along for the ride, because as we've talked about, at least I've talked about in some of these detective-y style movies that we've watched so far, your Sevens, even like your Mystic Rivers of like, I want to be along for the ride of figuring out who who done it by the end of it. Like, I don't, I hope this isn't a scene of like, in the first scene, we see the murder and we see who does it. And then it's about the, you know, the, the main character figuring it out for himself. But we already know, like, I don't want this to be criminal minds. I want this right. to be law and order. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for at the very least. I want an answer to be slapped out of someone oh at least one y-
1: yeah maybe a dangle out
0: mm-hmm. a window a dangle out of a window I like that in the moonlight mm-hmm. just holding a guy by a shirt collar off the roof. yeah like, yeah tell me what I want to know. his suspenders or something yeah 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 I want I'm looking for the outfits too. I want some some good you know 1940s gangster outfits or whatever the pinstripe suits like you were saying. Yeah, yeah. You know? fedoras and whatnot so I'm, tommy guns yeah I'm an
1: absurd hat right Big, a, an absurd ladies hat i should say
0: mm, okay guy chomping on half a cigar like i want i want yeah. that i want it all so that's what i'm hoping. like a nice tight
2: tie at the beginning and at the end it's just like dilbert oh, yeah <laughs> I
0: want the pocket chain like the, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be good stuff cool well anything else that you guys want to get out there any other thoughts before we Sit down and watch this? No. I'm ready. I'm excited. Let's do it. All right. Well, what do we have to say for ourselves? Fine. Fine. I'll watch watch it. it. back we have just finished watching the first film in noir november 1949's the third man we all were on the hot seat this week as none of us had seen this film before so johnny i'm going to start with you how are you feeling after watching this movie uh i'm feeling
2: pretty good okay yeah i think from the get most noir movies are hard to sort of lasso and get on its wavelength I'll just say what I didn't like about the movie, then I'll start getting to get into maybe what I liked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't care for the guitar. Oh, the, music the zither? You're going to talk shit about the zither? <sighs> <laughs> it worked in some... It, it worked in weird ways sometimes, where I... In, in weird ways, how, like... Maybe, like, a... Tar- I know this is a crazy ca- uh, comparison, but, like, where Tarantino would use sort of music against its own vibe a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. Um... Sometimes it worked, but other times I felt like I was in, like, World 5 of, like, Super Mario Bros.
0: Yeah. Like, it felt like a It's Super menu Mario. music for <inaudible> a game. <inaudible> it's, like, Wii music. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the first instance of that was when you find out that uh, the friend is dead. Like, he gets to the... And he's... <laughs> They're like, oh, your friend's dead. They just took him off in a <inaudible> coffin. <inaudible> <inaudible> You're dead. <inaudible> and I'm like, oh... Um...> well, it's,
1: it's there in the opening credits, and they do... Yeah Prominently credit the zither player Is
0: it's that like the a, name of that Yeah insane that's the name of the 40 string guitar yeah. Okay It's
1: like a f- You lay it flat I immediately had to google it And you lay it flat On your lap And be like
0: Everyone listening can It's just Yeah
2: There were so many times where I wanted scenes to be a little more intense or max the mm. intensity of what was going on. And this music is just like like morning routine, like rushing to do, do <laughs> yeah. like, like, like taking a shower, like do, 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 just I, like
1: I just think it's hilarious that you were like, you know, um, th- I think you mentioned like a saxophone. So I, yeah, like is a good, then, yeah,
2: yeah, something brassy. And no nah, And the only time I got that there. is like when they're in like that little bar area for a little bit and I'm like, I'm I like this number right here. Yeah. But beyond that For a while, and Adam, you made a comment about this during the movie, is that it's hard to understand a lot of the accents, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't – there's a lot of people speaking different languages, but you never see subtitles. So it's always – you have to get a relay from someone, Yeah, and you don't always get that either, So, which is even doubly sort of like, okay, it's hard to follow what exactly is going on because I am interested, and I do want to – I like the concept of it. I like the story. It wasn't really until the third act where I was like, I'm really digging this right now. Yeah. Like, I'm really digging, like, the scenes. It's getting dark. Like, I haven't seen the sun in, like, an hour, which is good. I'll, we'll get into more of it, but yeah. I, I think the the third act of this saved this movie for me. Okay. It, it wasn't dead in the water for me. It was just, like, it an okay, and then it went to big, okay, this is, like, good. This is, like, a thumbs up for me.
0: Nice. Bridget, what yeah. about you?
1: I was pleasantly surprised by this movie, It's not what I expect out of a noir, Mm -hmm. necessarily. All I could think about was, you know, Wes Anderson.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this is like Woody Allen. Huge.
1: Yeah. Like...
0: Well, the music, especially like that's a that's right out of French Dispatch or whatever that yeah. no one is coming out. Like, exactly. Right. I felt like we were watching that. And just know?
1: like the quick cuts to you know he's standing, he realizes his friend is dead, and then all of a sudden we're at the cemetery, and he's literally <laughs> throwing <laughs> dirt <laughs> <dick> <laughs> while the zither plays in the background. <laughs> um, you know, I would almost consider this more. Well, the end. It's. Ugh. It's weird, to, it's hard to pin down this movie, because there are some goofy, light-hearted moments accompanied by delightful zither music, but then there are some scenes that are downright, like, I just had my my jaw dropped um, watching someone in particular deliver, like, just the most killer, terrifying monologue, and then, I don't know, it's...
2: What the cuckoo clock monologue? Oh, the
1: cuckoo clock monologue in the Ferris wheel, just so.
2: Yeah, I I, I would say, I don't mean to hijack yeah, this, no, but no. like when, when Orson Welles shows up, this movie like just j- jumps up into high gear. Yeah, it really does because everyone is okay performance wise for the most part. Yeah, leading guy is fine.
0: Yeah, Martins is okay. He's drunk a lot of yeah. the time. The
2: which... best guy, like like personality-wise or, like, character-wise is the police captain. He seems to be the most, Correct. like, into the role. Everyone else is kind of, like, just doing what they're supposed
0: to. Yeah. Like, Anna's okay, but she's, like, a damsel in distress without... But just, like, walking the street, she's just like, I couldn't. I, I couldn't. Right. I, like, I couldn't be bothered. It's like, okay, I can tell that with your yeah, head. Yeah. They, <laughs> we're moving on. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm, Orson Welles is obviously the, the piece de resistance of this, which yes. is... yeah.
1: Even the Good way, when he shows up. Yeah, even the way he appears is so mm-hmm. magical. You know, he's hiding in an alley and a woman turns on a light in her apartment, and of course it's spotlight beams immediately onto his, of course. his, yeah. of course. his Orson Wellsy face for just a split second his and like I, I face. almost screamed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like ah And we we knew he was coming. Yes. Because we knew okay. Yeah, he was in it. He's in it. He's not made an appearance. Yeah. Where is he?
0: Yeah. So I was of two minds of that because obviously the one thing we knew about this going in was Orson Welles. Like, that's the one (laughs) thing that we knew. I was wish I didn't say anything. Well, the thing I knew it. Yeah. We all all knew it. That's the thing. Um, So part of me was like, okay, Orson Welles hasn't, he's not in it in the first 10 minutes. He's the third man. That was my thought and i was like okay well i guess knowing he'll show up eventually whenever he does show up we're gonna be like that's him he's the third man and then when it was revealed that he was actually the main man harry lime the the murdered person i was like huh okay part of me kind of wishes we saw like a photo to know when the light shines that like holy shit it's harry because like i don't don't know about you guys i didn't think is that harry i just thought that's a third man did you guys
1: yes because she says the cat only liked him
0: Oh, see, I missed that. Oh, I missed that line. Yeah, I missed that line. She's talking
1: like, because he's like, why won't the cat play with me? Or Holly is. Oh. And she says, no, well, she only liked Harry. And so that's when the cat is going gotcha. chewing on okay. Harry's shoelaces.
0: All right, that's on me then. Because I would like, part of me was like, I wish I knew that it was Harry when the lights shine. But then if we had seen a picture of Orson Welles earlier we would have been like, well, obviously he's not really dead. Yeah,
1: it would have been. Orson
0: Welles, guys, come on. he's a not special in- guest
1: on Law & Order, like, well, they're the killer, clearly. Yeah, apparently.
0: exactly. So I was like, I was of two minds in the moment to be like, man, I really wish that reveal was more impactful other than his little smile. And Martin's going, Harry! That, my friend <laughs> is Harry! Come on, Harry! You're Harry! And then running him <laughs> off into the into the night. But I missed the, the line about the cat, or at least it didn't register to be like, Oh, the cat liked Harry. The cat's with Harry right now, my goodness. Mm -hmm. So that kind of reveal twist was a little underwhelming in the moment, which I feel like a lot of these new kind of are predicated on. If you're going to have a twist, it needs to be like a big moment and it kind of fell flat. But the rest of the movie after that kind of carried it through to be like, all right, I don't care as much anymore. I want to find out why. I want to find out, is he going to get away with it? Is Martin's going to cooperate with the police or is he going to side with his friend? Are the cops lying? Do the kids with gangrene really die? Like what, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I want this to unravel or wrap up in a you know, a good way. So I was super engaged towards the end. So it was I thought overall it was fine. It wasn't necessarily what I wanted going in, but I think that's okay because I think I wanted more of the caricature. and this was very much just almost like a straightforward drama, so to speak, and it didn't have any of the the tropes necessarily. Okay. But that's okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, the setting itself, removing... Because so many noirs are set in L.A. particularly, yeah. that you you, yeah. know, you lose the opportunity Chicago, to, yeah. to, to yeah. check off a lot of those boxes.
0: Yeah. So I think had it been set not in Vienna, which you had said England or whatever before, but so we got Europe at the very least. But I think had it been set in America in a setting I'm more familiar with, we probably would have got more of those accents and those kind of affectations and kind of what I was expecting but ultimately not having them didn't matter it didn't really impact anything for me because I knew immediately like oh okay I'm not getting that cool I'll just go with the the flow of the movie yeah it
2: was like so for me when the th- once the, the the guitar went away yeah in the third act and we mm-hmm. got all that moody light that's when I started feeling like a good, like a noir atmosphere and yep. a mood where I didn't feel any of that the first two acts mm-hmm. we got a lot I got more. a little bit of it just because of like the intrigue of murder and everything but as far as just like a like a through line, like a pulse on the movie, it didn't pick up for me towards the end. Yeah. Wait
0: until the end, or it didn't pick up towards the end.
2: No, like the like it started feeling more like a new oh, army, like okay. like the like I felt the pulse of the movie, like mm-hmm. once we get like into the sewers and shit like that, like yeah,
0: because that's where we got those classic the shadows coming, but you don't know who it is. Which I love the Balloon Man reveal shadow of like, oh, there's a man in a hat, he's coming. Oh, it's just the balloon salesman. I love that he just to buy a balloon away. off of him. Yeah. It was so good. He's not taking no for an answer. There's so yeah. many people around to sell a balloon to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it definitely got more noir-ish towards the end. Because actually, like, the detective work started more. Because Martin's detective work was kind of hit or miss. It was just a lot of going around and talking to anybody and not letting on what he knew, which was good. 'Cause a lot of those people were lying and it was very clear they were lying, but it wasn't wasn't so much the focal point. I feel like too much of it rested on is Martin's gonna fall in love and hook up with Anna, which I didn't really care about or want. Yeah. And I felt like there were a little too many like stolen glances or lingering looks or whatever. But he just wanted to find someone who could speak English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It. I do like the setup of Martins as a chump mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I enjoyed that. It's not as regular a trope, I would say, in noir. It's like
2: opposite. It's like reverse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But him kind of bumbling around and just demanding things and being kind of just this idiot American wandering Vienna is fun to watch at times.
2: Mm-hmm. I feel like he accepted and denied that plane like five times. <laughs> I'll take the plane. No, cancel the plane. You got that plane hanging around? No,
0: cancel it. How much plane can I buy with my military yeah. money? <laughs> he still doesn't take the plane the end. Yes. Yeah, he definitely missed that last flight. Yeah, yeah. Not even close. I, I dug that last shot a lot.
1: Oh, my God. Three. That's a thing, too, that I don't think you would see in an American movie in no, 1949. I not don't, I, don't, I don't
2: think so.
0: You're long right. Long,
1: patient shot of Anna walking for... I should have timed it. It's. I think it's like a full minute of her coming down. It so just got like
2: more stylized, too, I think, over the course of its running time, too. You started getting more of these Dutch angles and lighting. So and... many of those angles. Yeah. You're talking about
0: like the, slid, the room. Yeah, the yeah, slid yeah, yeah, table. correct, yeah. Yeah, that was my first note. I was like, oh, okay, we're doing this. This is kind of fun. This yeah. breaks it up a little bit and does kind of put that more pulpy spin on it. Yeah. As opposed to, if this was a straightforward, rectangular, angled film for the entirety of it, it would have felt way more... Uh, Wes Anderson than it already did yeah mm-hmm. because it would have just been standard regular shots but that at least broke it up and was like okay we're watching a different kind of movie than a standard 40s period drama or whatever. right 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 yeah I like the ferris wheel a lot Dude,
1: the ferris wheel
0: do you have the line written down I only remember the, like the last little bit of it but that I, quote I... about the <laughs> clock was money it's
1: let me see if I can find the whole one So this comes from when Harry is trying to convince Martins to join in on his scheme and bring him in. So he says, Holly, I'd like to cut you in, old man. There's nobody left in Vienna I can really trust, and we've always done everything together. When you make up your mind, send me a message. I'll meet you any place, anytime. And when we do meet, it's you I want to see, not the police. Remember that? Don't be so gloomy. After all, it's not that awful. You know what the fellow said. In Italy, for 30 years under the Borgias, they had warfare, terror, murder, and bloodshed. But they produced Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, and the Renaissance. In Switzerland, they had brotherly love. They had 500 years of democracy and peace. And what did they produce? The cuckoo clock. Yeah. So long, Holly. And Orson Welles delivers it in such a a devastating casual, psychopathic way. Yeah. But you're still a little bit in love with him. Deadly. So deadly.
0: And it comes, too, after the... And this is where I feel like the music really kind of undercut the moment, is they're talking about, like, maybe murdering each other. Like, they're talking about potentially throwing each other out of a Ferris wheel onto the pavement. And they're like, I don't carry a gun. They're not going to look for bullet wounds on you anyway when you hit the ground from this height. Like, they're talking about murdering each other as old friends. Like, they've been friends for 20 years. And they're like, I'll kill you. I'll make you a dot on the pavement. Like, whatever. But, like, the music is still like... <laughs> yeah, that's it's probably, like, really anarchic in nature. where it's just yeah. totally against the, like... What it <laughs> yeah, so it comes it comes right after that. And the whole thing is just like, fuck, dude. Man, it's stone cold. Like, he just said he'd throw you out of a Ferris wheel and wouldn't even think twice about it. And then he's like, yeah, but, I mean, think about all the good things that violence brings. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, this, this could get real. I yeah, yeah. Kind of liking where this is going. But that, yeah, that whole scene was probably the best scene of the movie. And again, shows that the the better part of this was after Orson Welles comes in, just because I think he's the best actor in the in the cast.
1: Oh, know. just wipe the floor with everyone. Yeah. Right. Shows up and says, "Get in the Ferris wheel, bitch. We have a movie to to do."
0: Yeah. Gotta get to the point here. Yeah, yeah. I like all the animals in the movie. Oh my god! The reveal of the tiny dog out of nowhere at the very beginning—I I missed <laughs> it, but just awesome.
1: Dog, cat, some rats in the sewers, mm-hmm. bird, yeah.
0: the, bird. The, bird. bird That's
1: right.
2: the bird, the bird, parrot. The parrot. Which I love that he had to like try to explain like two times in a row, and everyone just like,
0: "What the hell are you talking about?" I know. I loved all of his injuries constantly having to be explained, like when he gets punched in the mouth for coming after uh, Calloway. And he's like, do you need a dentist? Like, I don't need a dentist. Like, Are you sure? He's like, no, nah, I just got punched in the face. Or <laughs> <laughs> when it's like, oh, you need to see a doctor? It's like, yeah, I got to look. I got a busted lip. And Callie's like, eh, this guy again. <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel about the uh, the motivations of, what is it, Little? Was that his last name?
3: Oh, Lime. Lime,
0: Harry Lime. Yeah, what did you guys feel about the motivations of Lime as a racketeer his penicillin scheme so this is
2: where i kind of got lost a little bit and this is where i want to spend a little bit of time clarifying this up so and you guys will have to tell me but what exactly was his end goal because that
0: was kind of
2: hard for me to at least understand at the moment i
0: was getting lost a little bit harry's goal yeah so his so they they touch on it at the very beginning when they say vienna post world war ii kind of was in a vacuum. Like, you can see all the buildings are still bombed out because, like, yeah. war has torn through them. And in the absence of, like, a real full Austrian government, because it's split up amongst the Americans and the Russians and the British and, I forget... The French. The French. And then there's, like, the safe Satellites. zone that's run by international whatever. In the absence of a real government and a real structure, immediately post-war, the black market is running rampant. So they, they had that shot right at the beginning where they open the suitcase and there's a million clothes and watches, shoes. Watches, yeah. Yeah, the guy's got the arm full of watches that you see somebody buying like pills or some kind of prescription thing. Like, I think it's just a box that says RX on it. So like, yeah, you don't yeah. know what it is. So like, they set that up right at the beginning, which was cool. I really like that scene a lot. But his part of that was he was using a doctor to steal penicillin yeah, from okay. the hospital because it's there's not enough for everyone in the country that needs it. So they're rationing it on a... Basis of who needs it most. And then they're turning around, cutting the penicillin with who knows what, watering it down, who knows. And then selling that off to people who now think they're taking a certain dose of penicillin, but really they're getting half of that or a third of that. And that's where all the kids are like sort of dying. At the yeah. End so of the again. people aren't getting cured from their meningitis. They're developing gangrene because it didn't stop the infection in time and they're losing limbs and life and everything. So his whole end goal is just to keep selling off bootleg penicillin right? and just raking in the dough. And what does he care? He made, I think what he said, $20,000 or something like that. Like it's hard to, I don't know if that was just hyperbole in the speech or because he said, if I gave you $20,000, you're going to count the number of dots down there that disappear or are you just going to take the Thank- money and like be okay with that? Yeah, yeah. So like he clearly was making a decent amount of living, but it is... I don't know that it's necessarily... A okay, I thought I was crime. missing more of a righteous
2: <laughs> way of life, but okay. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
0: yeah. the movie does kind of frame it that way. Right. To be like, come on, you could, Martins, you could let him go. Like, you guys are friends, and is what he's doing really that bad? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so they kind of set up a moral ambiguity there where I, I don't think any to be had. Yeah,
1: And there's some, I think, earlier in the film, too, before our... Uh, police captain gives us the rundown of what the scheme was and how it worked. There's some doubt too, because essentially Martins is trying to exonerate his friend of mm-hmm. like, well, it's, he's not a scam artist, you know, yeah. he'd he never was, be a
0: racketeer. He'd or... never
1: be a racketeer. Someone murdered him. Um,
0: <laughs> could he have been pushed when he got hit by the car? Yeah.
1: Why does no one care? Mm-hmm. And Anna's perspective on Harry too, is also very skewed. Yeah. Um, And she's clearly devoted to him.
0: Well, he's a charismatic as fuck, so it makes sense. I I get it.
1: (laughs) Um, And it's also not clear, you know, what... I think there are still shades of Grey of how much he cares versus how much he doesn't, how much he's trying to project. I would do anything for money, but also, like, he could have just pushed What's his name out of the Ferris wheel and he doesn't yeah so there is this weird line that he's walking and he's putting a heart and Anna's name in the fog in the glass so I don't know yeah I wonder well, he's still a bad man but yeah
0: I wondered in that moment too if maybe that was kind of like a almost a message to Martin's being like, look, I still care about people like look, I have this heart for Anna join my side Mm -hmm. because like look I still like I'm putting on this mobster facade but like behind the scenes I still love you as a friend and love her. So it's like a Walter White.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Early
0: seasons at least Yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a it's a weird racket. Yeah, that's what I was trying to wrap my head around,
2: but
1: it's such an it's such an interesting setting, both in terms of place because the shots of bombed out Vienna at night and all these old structures, you know, they shot on location, clearly. There's so much more.
2: Yeah, the chase, like, the even like the first chase, like, the rubble and everything, where he's hiding in the car and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: There's, it's so much more dynamic than anything, you know, on a lot or, you know, when I think of noirs, I think of often these more cramped, you know, like... P.I. offices and uh, alleyways, alleyways and these scenes are so expansive and huge, Um, but also the time period setting, too, of early Cold War. This is this strange city that is under these circumstances that could only be happening at this time. Mm -hmm. Just makes it really
0: interesting. Speaking of the Cold War aspect of it, how did you guys react to the kind of forged Russian passport Side story that was going on. Like they were planting these seeds that like Anna's got this fake passport. Something more is up with it. They keep showing that to the Russian guy. He's going to try and, you know, send her back to Yugoslavia or Czechoslovakia. I forget which one she said, but nothing ever comes of it. And it doesn't even seem like it's a big leverage moment for Martins other than, okay, don't send her back there. I'll do what you want. But it just, I don't know. To me, it kind of felt like a waste (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel... nearly as porn. I think I,
1: th- I think an audience in 1949 would have read it as much higher stakes because the mm. idea of being sent back to the Soviet bloc when you've already tried to escape, mm. when you know what's going on, particularly in places like Czechoslovakia, the implication being like terrible things will happen if she goes back. Not just like damn.
2: No, right. I'm yeah. sure there's a strong relation when yeah. people back then were dealing with that sort of stuff. You having IDs and papers stripped from you, your yeah. identity basically taken away. Yeah.
0: I think maybe for me it was just the like the Russian police officer. They kept showing. Kind of seemed like a nice guy. Like <laughs> <laughs> but he's just like, are you sure Do you want me to look up? I mean, I'll run it up the ladder. Like I'll I'll talk to Moscow. I guess. Like, you, you, does it you guys good? Like I don't. Right, you know. And right. they're like, um, yeah, yeah, sure. Why don't you run it up the ladder? Like, see what happens. Like. It seems so nonchalant in the portrayal by both cops. Obviously, they would have a good working relationship because they're all sharing this precinct. But I don't know, for some reason, and maybe it is just the
3: geopolitical
0: time period says that I should be much more afraid for her. But the performances were very nonchalant.
1: Or, you know, you do it to enough people, you start to become nonchalant. Maybe. The kind of
3: what
1: you're sending them possibly into. Um, and it may not have even been that dire, but just like, you know, you've lived here for this long and you're being sent away. You may never be able to come back. You're never going to be able to get back to your your career, your acting career. It's, I don't know. I liked it. Okay. I was into it.
0: Nice. I was surprised that the, the cop didn't show him all the evidence. I mean, granted, he wouldn't necessarily have trusted him, but I feel like there was a huge portion of mistrust between... Martins and Calloway in the middle of the movie where all it would have taken has been like, dude, let me just, let me show you the evidence. Cause like, come on. Mm -hmm. Like he he clearly, they had vial after vial of fake penicillin. They had his fingerprints everywhere. They had doctor, like the doctor in the photo with him and everything like they had everything, which is weird to say, like, I don't know. Our evidence wasn't strong enough. Like, are you sure, dude? You have vial after vial of this stuff and pictures of him with a doctor that stole from the hospital that was missing the thing like, You've you've got the dots connected here. Yeah. You'd think that'd be way more impressive with all those fingerprints in nineteen forty-eight than it would be like now. Be like, oh yeah, of course you got a million fingerprints, that makes sense. But like in nineteen forty eight, if you've got all of this mountains of evidence, and it seemed I don't know, the timing of it seemed weird for him to be like, All right, fine. now I trust you. Here's why your friends look at my magic lantern show and your friends are a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> And the rhino There's another animal. Uh, another <laughs> animal. I laughed good when I saw the rhino. I don't know why, but it was good. Stuff.
1: All, what does the guy say? Who's like, I'm all mixed up here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's like, These are the new things that just came in this week. I liked that guy, the other I, cop.
1: I know it's a and it, they they kill him mm. at the end of the movie. It's a bummer.
0: Yeah. That's where you really miss the modern day technology of blood packs and. Things to show because like you hear the gunfire and he stops and I'm like, did he stop because he's hiding or what? Because he didn't he didn't like react to being shot the way that yeah. obviously nowadays you're gonna do a whole big to do. But in that moment, he like he didn't even keel over. He didn't like look like he accepted the bullet in his chest or his gut. Yeah. Like I don't even know where he got hit. He I just loved kinda, it. Like, keeled I keeled over. I, one I loved
2: the gunshots in the sewer. Like oh the actors are great. Dramatic. It's great. Oof. Because you're talking about the one where he got shy just stand there for a minute and then sort of just keels over forward. Yeah. Love it.
1: Yeah. Orson Welles, it's because Orson Welles wasn't being shot. Mm-hmm. He does yeah. a great dying mm-hmm. up the stairs, sweaty, wide eyed, delightful.
0: Yeah. I love the fingers through the grate
1: oh. of
0: trying to lift the. Su- all, by the way, all of the sewer grates in Vienna are fantastic. They're like pie shaped. <laughs> oh, oh my doors. God. Like, what is happening? <laughs> Yeah, because he's got a secret entrance in the bathroom stall or whatever in the middle of that like, promenade, yeah. which was funny that like it took them a minute to realize, even though like on it it says like men or something like that, like it clearly looks like it's a bathroom, like a public bathroom, but yeah. it's secret stairs to the sewer. But then all of the ones in the floor, it's just six or seven triangular. It's pieces.
2: so funny, and like the gr especially this one where like the whole group of them are trying to go down, and they open it up, and they're just like they gotta wait for all eight of them to go up, and yeah. then they go down. Yeah.
0: I know. I loved when he first tries to escape at the end chase sequence, and he like opens one pie piece, and then opens a second. And I'm like, dude, are you gonna just like slide in there? Like, what are you doing? Like, hurry up! He throws his hat away to be like, I went down this one, and then <laughs> he opens the third one, goes in, but then like leaves the other two open. And I'm like, you are bad at closing off your tracks here, dude. Right, right. <laughs> you need to do better. You're gonna make it out of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't making it out of it. Yeah.
2: The scene where. He's hearing all the voices coming from the different Mm -hmm.
0: tunnels. Love it. Great stuff. Yeah, all of the lighting work down there was great. All the shadows were amazing. All of the, like... Just such a crazy cool location. Yeah, the corners and corridors. And, like, normally when you think of sewers, it's... You get that just, like, long one hallway with the, you know, waist-high water and the rats or whatever. It's a look, but this somehow feels different because there's stairs and there's levels and waterfalls and... Each hallway, Yeah, each hallway has a circular offshoot from it, and then, you know, where the water goes is another. Like, there were so many hiding space opportunities, which allowed for a chase that was a little long to not feel long, because there were so many different looks yeah, within yeah. it, which was cool. was the Penrose steps or whatever it is, where it's going over. That's what it looked like to me
2: a
1: bit.
0: Stairs and ladders. everything's ladders. The sewer.
1: Slides a little bit, ramps.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah the police, like, rappelling down each one. <laughs>
0: slop fast that. Every time someone had to, like, descend something in this was hilarious. Like, all the time, when they were chasing Martins after he got bit by the parrot, and they're <laughs> sliding down, like, the rubble, and then when they're rappelling down the sewer waterfalls, and then even when they're... There's another chase sequence where they're doing the same thing in there. Oh, when they first go, go to get uh, Wells after he leaves the, you know, the cafe, and they're also sliding down. Like There's just yeah. a lot of... Must have been a lot of fun stunts that day. Yeah.
1: There's a... <laughs> There's one I can think of when he's, I think, running into the parrot room. He's going up a spiral staircase and mm-hmm. you're just seeing him, his head whip around, the <laughs> zither's going at 90 miles an hour.
0: Yeah, and you just see the like oval of the cutout Cut through was... the center. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. A lot of good chases in this. Yeah. Did you, so this happened to me, speaking of kind of chase like elements. Did you guys completely forget about the author seminar when he was being? Driven I, there.
1: I was way wait- I knew that's eventually where he was gonna end up. I'm oh, okay. Like this is not
0: I completely forgot about the yeah, author same. seminar. Oh, that's the so way good. that he did, because I was so into the someone's out to get him. He's got, you know, he's got someone on his tail. This was right after the the other witness died, mm-hmm. which was great because I got my is This is the crazy taxi guy that brought him there? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that whole time I'm like, okay, like is he I assumed he was going to one of the clubs or he was going to meet the you know the guy with the little dog, or the doctor, or the Romanian, or whatever. Like I thought he was being brought to the kingpin or the third man's lay or whatever. I completely forgot about the book seminar.
3: <laughs>
0: so that was a nice surprise when he got there and the that nice you know old man opened the door, and be like, "You're here, welcome. Come talk about being an author." And I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, that is today."
2: Yeah. <laughs> and then he started talking, like everyone started getting up, just so bored <laughs> or over it.
0: Yeah. Where do you uh,
1: where do you place James Joyce?
0: What? <laughs> I love it. Who's your favorite author? And it's like, Stevens. Stevens who? And I'm like, Zane Stevens. I'm like, oh, he's kidding. Zane Stevens writes Westerns, and those are silly. Yeah. <laughs>
2: oh man, the cover of that book, The Oklahoma Kid.
0: Yeah. <sighs> Beautiful. That was, that was good. Or he's just walking through like the, uh,
1: with the book.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. I will be holding a copy of one of your books. <laughs> I figured he would just be holding
2: it like a like a sideways or
1: like yeah, he, yeah, he off, but he's,
2: he's holding, yeah, it, like, he, like framing like, like, Q, it like a woman on QVC holding like a fucking necklace or something.
0: <laughs> you too can get a copy of the Oklahoma Kid for only yeah. three easy payments of nineteen ninety five. Would yeah yeah. what did you guys think of the cronies? The the guy with the book and the Romanian and
1: and the doctor
0: and the doctor.
1: Um, the doctor was my favorite because mm. he had a spooky house.
0: Yeah. He did have a spooky ass. And he had the little dog. We assume same little dog, right? Yeah. Like, his guests were clearly Wells and the other two, I would assume. But yeah, I wanted more of the spooky ass. His answers were good, too, because he's like, I don't know. I can't say. I can't say if he was pushed The the injuries would be the same. Like, everyone did a pretty decent job of lying and covering their tracks, except for the book guy who constantly was contradicting himself at every turn like oh he told me to take care of you well you said he died instantly yeah but you know he kind of mentioned it <laughs> yes was <laughs> carrying him across the street
2: <laughs> I like the like it's the the guy who's the porter in the beginning of the oh, movie oh yeah mm-hmm. just like the, the chaos of like being lost in translation was just like what is happening Yeah.
0: I like when he was sweeping the sidewalk and he just kept looking up and then looking back to sweep and then looking up and then looking back to sweep to Martin's was like I'm gonna talk to that guy again I feel like he's sweeping very oddly <laughs> a lot of sus people in this movie
1: how about that little boy what was that <laughs> <laughs> we gotta circle god. back my god that's a chase scene that's
0: that's a funny chase scene that
1: is a great chase scene
0: it would have been helped by subtitles like I wish I knew what the kid was screaming
1: I love not knowing cause it and then you're in Martin's shoes of like what the fuck is going on
0: yeah it becomes very like there. again like chaotic again
2: for him cause he's yeah. just so lost in a country that he's not used to yeah
1: but I like I like the contrast if the kid is screaming in an excited happy way and she's like they think you murdered
0: him. Yeah, <laughs> he's like Papa, Papa, yeah. Yeah. Papa, so
1: sinister. Uh,
0: Everyone's doing the finger yeah. to the throat like they're like oh I know. Do <laughs> he's got that little ball with the painted on like <gasps> stitching. Oh my god! Yeah, I was wondering. I thought maybe like when he first showed up after he kicks the ball into the house when they're talking to the the old man that like somehow he was gonna befriend him and he was gonna be the one that helped solve the crime because the kid also saw it like witness you know, it's like, Oh, I gotta I gotta befriend this kid and become a Austrian yeah. Amish rising, person. or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah because it did seem odd that like the kid was there and he just lingered on for so long and they just kept showing him that's like okay is the kid going to be part of this now? No, he's just going to scream you're a murderer later and chase you down the street. Yeah. And everyone's going to follow the kid like no one went ahead of the kid. The kid for some reason was leading the mob which I was like by like 50 yards. Yeah, come on yeah. adults. Why are you letting the kid go I first? I just like his little
2: shadow running down the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> 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 Oh, God damn it, it's stuck in my head.
0: It's... I did get my... Uh, it wasn't quite the like gun comes into frame and you don't see who it is, but when the oh, the geez. guy turns to look at the doorway because he thinks there's someone there and he just was like, ah, and oh, you know, right, the next yeah. scene, he's, so we don't hear like a bang or a, anything like that, but we obviously get the confirmation in a scene or two later that he's dead. So I right. I did get that fun, like, oh no, I'm dead kind of luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you assume that that was... Harry, or do you think that that was one of the other cronies?
1: I think it's Harry, because there's a look of recognition of, mm-hmm. and he would have
0: yeah, had two. To his place. Shot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
3: yeah, he
0: is surprised, like, oh man, you're back from the dead. I saw you die, or get carried across the street or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe he is more of a monster than he tried to let on. He's doing all kinds of murdering. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But the cat likes him, so... I... That's, the cat true. Better.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true. Would you read Martin's book that he writes about this? No. <laughs> if it's a novel, I don't know. Like the...
1: <laughs> I, I think there's a, a reason that Martin is in the position that he finds mm-hmm. himself in in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of his writing and his choices.
3: Yeah,
0: like I
1: one... like generally.
0: They make him out to be like a pretty decent like Western author, but I feel like like dude, you gotta know to keep things closer to the vest than being like I talk to everybody and here's what they told me. It's like shut up, dude. Yeah, yeah. All of these people are strangers, and all of them were friends with your friend who you think is missing under mysterious circumstances. Shut up.
2: <laughs> I think he's just
0: threatening action for the most part. Like yeah. I can do this. I'll talk to everybody. Yeah. I won't get on that plane. Yeah.
1: Oh, and it gives us the best line in the movie. One of the best lines from the police chief says, you were born to be murdered. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> that was good, too. I don't want any more murders, and you were born to be murdered. It's fair. He did seem like yeah, he, would, yeah, yeah. he Get was on the asking way. for a murder in.
1: The movie's pretty flawless. Yeah. Outside it, of Zither and Child, there's some odd things. There's some odd choices, but I don't know. It, yeah. It works.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's paced really well. Obviously, it kicks it up a notch. To where you probably could have spread out some of that tension throughout. But otherwise, like, didn't feel long. It didn't feel necessarily overly short. Like, it just felt... Felt like the right. Yeah. Right length, yeah. Yeah. I,
2: I would, think I would enjoy it even more on a second go around now that I know, like, all the beats. And I can listen to dialogue more and mm-hmm. find other things that I've missed. Because, again, you guys, I need this sort of clarify some of the things already, so...
0: Yeah. I wonder, too, like, I wonder if you put on subtitles while watching it. If it would translate the German or the Austrian or the Russian, or if it would just put it in that language because you're not supposed to know what they're saying unless you speak that language natively.
1: Like, what is that blanket lady saying?
0: I love that lady. That lady's.
2: (laughs) Tell your friends about Third Man. Tell your friends about Third Man. (laughs) That's just promotion for the movie. (laughs) It's really good. The blanket lady's
0: good stuff. The blanket lady. lady. Cause that's what I would be like if someone was coming knocking at my house in the middle of the night. Like I'd have the big blanket it to be like, "What? What do you want? Yeah. Why are you? Get out of here. Like, give me har- a
1: cigarette.
0: Harass it. <laughs> give me three. <laughs> I love that. Do you want a cigarette? Six yeah. Whole pack. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of cigarettes being given away. I love when the and gets one at the end, and he's like, "Yeah, hey, just keep the whole pack. Like you're fine. Yeah. You're, you're getting shipped off to Siberia. I don't give a shit. <laughs> my extra <laughs> cigarettes." <laughs> But yeah, I wonder if you put on subtitles, if it would just help you understand the British accents more, or if it would translate for you yeah, to the other languages. Yeah, pr- pr- again, I would want to really understand what the the English-speaking
2: is, the mm. accents, but yeah, it's uh, – because to my ears, sometimes it just doesn't – it sounds like nothing to me.
0: Yeah, and a lot of times it's just – it's in passing, it's thrown away, so yeah. you can't really hone in on it. You're not watching the lips of the, the actor saying it, so that makes it a little bit harder right. too. But yeah, I'd be interested to know like how that would change things because there is a lot that we miss not being Russian speakers or right. you know what have mm-hmm. you. So I wonder how much gets fleshed out. I wonder how much is given away in that instance because I mean like this is a British movie, so theoretically it would have screened in England and you know I don't know what yeah, kind yeah. of worldwide distribution there was in 1949.
2: What what did we get on awards wise with this movie? Oh, so I know we brought it up before. Yeah,
1: I did some. Oh, you did? A little bit of wiki, uh, wiki reading. It was the top grossing film in Britain that year. It was released in the United States. I don't believe it was nominated for anything. For anything. Okay. But it is considered today, like, this is the number one film in British history.
0: So is it right? Yes. Yeah, so we've got <laughs> oh, okay. We've got a couple different things that, that gave it nominations and awards. Okay. Uh, National Board of Review, top 10 foreign films. It got third place. The Directors Guild of America Awards, Outstanding uh, Directorial Achievement in Motion Pictures, it was nominated. At Cannes, it was it won the Palme d'Or. Okay. The British Academy Film Awards, it was nominated for Best Film, but won for Best British Film. And at the Academy Awards, uh, Carol Reed was nominated for Best Director. Oswald Hafenrichter was nominated for Best Film Editing. And Robert Krasker won for Best Cinematography, Black and White, which I love as a second, like a split category back yeah. then. Like, color and Black and White. Color and Black and White. Mm-hmm. So it did, you know, did get some critical acclaim, uh, though I do see here that in Austria, local critics were underwhelmed and the fi- the film only ran for a few weeks. So, let's see, still the Viennese, I can, I'm going to attempt to pronounce this publication... Arbiter Zetung, although critical of a not-too-logical plot, praised the film's masterful depiction of the time out time out of joint and the city's atmosphere of insecurity, poverty, and post-war immorality. So, again, I think to Bridget's point from earlier, like this really hit the nail on the head in terms of capturing what it would have been like in Vienna in a post-war yeah, yeah, situation. Totally. So that's cool from that aspect of it, because that, again, would fall... Completely by the wayside to us in 2021, kind of figuring that out. Outside of the, yeah, obviously it was bad in Europe post-World War II. Shit's right. really fucked up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this guy directed Oliver, and that's what he won the Academy Award
0: for director for.
3: Oh, okay.
0: Carl Reed. Yeah. So apparently it's based on a book. It's based on a novella. Oh, it is.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> so, that I would read.
0: Yeah, so it they, they was written... Well, it says the Green wrote the novella of the same name as preparation for the screenplay. So I don't know if like the idea came about and then they decided to write the book. But I guess in the book, the narrator is Major Calloway. So it kind of gives that everything a different slant and a different vibe to it. That makes sense. So, so I
2: found our first connection to our past uh, movies. Okay. Uh, Carrie directed the first iteration of The Running Man.
0: Oh. oh 1963. Nice. Yeah, I mean, outside of Orson Welles, was there anything, anybody in this movie that you guys recognized? I know we only really touched on him at the very beginning. No, I didn't really recognize any of them. Um,
1: Trevor Howard, who's the uh, major Calloway I've seen in things.
2: He just gave you James Woods vibes,
0: but
1: that's... Yeah. As we touched on on off Yeah, yeah. The smarm. The smarminess. (laughs) So smarmy. I think he's my favorite outside of Orson Welles. Yeah. the performances, you know?
0: Yeah. He's the one with the most character because even Martins, again, is just, just pretty dull.
1: slob.
0: Yeah. When he's supposed to be because he's broke. Like they mentioned yeah. that he's broke and he's just coming to live with his friend who offered him, who like gave him the plane ticket to get there. So he's just yeah. getting handed plane tickets left and right by everybody.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and turning them down. Yeah. yeah.
0: He didn't even get paid to go to, to go to Austria. He just skipped that, that whole thing. He was making that hotel clerk work like the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the uh, the cuckoo clock speech was written by Horson. Oh,
1: that's why it sounded like he was just born to say it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so this is right from the Wikipedia. Uh, in the published script, it is in a footnote. What happened was during the shooting of the third man, it was found necessary for the timing to insert another sentence. Wells apparently said the line came from an old Hungarian play. In any event, the idea is not original to Wells, acknowledged by the phrase, what the fellow said. I did love how in that sequence he just kept calling his friend an old man. Like, listen here, old man. He said it a lot. Yeah. 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 Listen "Listen here, old man. If he was British, it would have been old chap, and I think I would have liked it better, but old man works. Yeah, it was good to have, like, American
2: actors or characters in this movie Mm -hmm. to relate to in some some
0: way or another. Do you think it would have been too hard for you if it was all...
2: Oh, yeah, I think it would be... 40s Cockney British I I think so, yeah. (laughs) It'd be a challenge for sure. Because there's a lot of relay, like I said, in this movie... Even for people mm-hmm. who are speaking in English but are not, you know, American. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of relay stuff going on there, too.
0: Yeah, it does kind of bog down the proceedings a little bit. when It does a bit. When he's like, what did he say? What was that? Why is this important? Can you repeat that to me? What was it? English, please? You speak yeah. English? Nine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, Adam, does this make you excited for the weeks to
0: come? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, uh, you know, I think this was a good, like, nice little dose of it it didn't really scratch the itch so it makes me want to watch other things because it didn't have some of that it was atypical for sure yeah exactly it doesn't have the the classic chicago setting i'm expecting or the classic new york or la setting that i'm expecting for this so hopefully something that we pick in the coming weeks either that you know some of you have seen or none of us have seen again like we can keep doing you know triplicate hot seats here And find a bunch of different fun ones. But I feel like one of them is going to kind of hit that note of what I'm looking for. um, And I think that'll be a good... Like, all right, cool. I I mean, I
2: think the the rest of them on the list are all, like, Mm American-made, American locations. But yeah, the the Wii music
0: will be in my head (laughs) for the next couple of days. I would be interested to find why they went that route. I didn't see anything in the quick scrolling to see Um, why they went with such an off-kilter... I just had the...
1: Um, uh Anton Karas is the, the, like, zither player who, who did the whole score. Um, and his, from his Wikipedia, his association with the film came about as the result of a chance meeting with its director. In the summer of 1948, uh, director Carol Reed was preparing to shoot the third man in Vienna and was staying at the Hotel Se- Seicher. Uh, pronunciation unsure, along with many of the British elements of the Allied Control Commission for
2: Austria. Um, so they actually stayed at that hotel. Yeah. Because uh, that's the same name of the hotel the movie, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: uh, the young son of a director of education was tasked with showing the director around the city. On the second day, they stopped at the Huriger and heard Anton playing the zither in the background. Uh, from uh, the zither player's obituary, uh, it States, Reed, the director desperately searching for a theme tune, chanced on the tavern in Vienna's uh, wine growing district. Struck by the simple zither melodies, Reed asked a stunned Carras if he would compose the music for the film. Carras protested, saying he had never actually written music. Um, as Carras later told the story, the director insisted and invited him to England. The Austrian became homesick and asked to return. Aww. Reed told him he could when he had written the music. Oh. Under this pressure, Cross wrote his Harry Lime theme. <laughs> um, by the end of 1949, half a million copies of the Harry Lime theme had been sold—an unprecedented number. The success of the store of the score caused a surge in zither sales.
0: Big zither boom in mm-hmm. 1949. There's another quote here uh, that says the picture demanded music appropriate to post-World War II Vienna, but director Reed had made up his mind to avoid schmaltzy, heavily orchestrated waltzes in Vienna. One night, yeah, the, the Wine Garden story. So uh, Roger Ebert said, "Has there ever been a film where the music more perfectly suited the action than in The Third Man?" <laughs> so we disagree with Ebert, Bridget.
1: Right I and Big agree.
0: Right up, right there on the wavelength. Mm-hmm. This will be interesting of note for anybody that didn't watch it uh, by subscribing to a seven-day free trial of the British Film Institute's new streaming service. But there are differences between the British release, which we watched, and the American release. One of them being that opening narration by the director is not present, I don't think, in America. And it cuts 11 uh, minutes of footage. So it says, As the original British release begins, the voice of director Carol Reed describes post-war Vienna from a racketeer's point of view. The version shown in American cinemas cut eleven minutes of footage and replaced the voiceover narration by by Martin's. They insinuated that the replacement didn't work because American audiences wouldn't relate to the seedy tone of the original. Hmm. Today, Reed's original version appears on American DVDs in showings on Turner Classic Movies and in U.S. cinema releases with the eleven minutes of eleven minutes of footage restored, including a shot of a near topless dancer in a bar that would have violated U.S. code in
2: nineteen forty-eight. Yeah. yeah, I did. I, n- I did not that. Like, yeah. There's a sal- there's a salaciousness we're talking about. <laughs> yeah.
0: So and then I guess the Criterion collection has both monologues, so you can kind of gotcha. hear it. So I'm pretty sure we got a British narration, not an American one, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's
1: very brisk.
0: Yeah, so that was the version that we got. So just in case you heard us talking about the narration at the top, and you're like, wait, that's not the version I saw. That's why,
1: <laughs> and also you missed out on a uh, tassel dancer. Some
0: tassels, yeah. yeah. Well, that could be back now because yeah. they can they can rate right. it R or whatever. It needs to be yeah. rated to see the the tassel titties. <laughs> the tassel titties. the third tassel. <laughs> so, I mean, do you guys have any other thoughts that we want to go over? Do we want to kind of start to put a bow on it, start to wrap it up a bit? What are we thinking?
2: Yeah, I again, I'll just say what I said before that it, it was a movie that took me a little while to get on. It's wavelength, particularly with the music, but towards the end, really dug this movie. And I think the last shot is one of the coolest shots I've seen in a while. Mm. Not only the coolest shot, but the fact that she actually walked past him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't look And at lit him. the cigarette. Yeah. Love it. Beautiful. Yeah. Couldn't be more perfect. Yeah. The falling leaves. Static shot. Mm-hmm.
1: The hmm The callback to the first shot of when we see her in the car and it's a shaky right. cam. right mm-hmm. They're back to being strangers.
0: Yeah, he doesn't reach out to her. He doesn't make a motion. He doesn't say anything. She doesn't say anything. It's just so stoic and Yeah, like one foot, like mm-hmm. up against the wagon, just mm-hmm. hat down, breeze blown around. hmm Yeah.
2: Well, what about you guys?
0: What's
1: No that it's big recommend. Huge.
0: <laughs> yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I mean yeah. I was into the the mystery the whole time. Like I said, the Reveal was a little underwhelming, but I won't fault them for that. I missed the line about the cat. I was too busy focused on him playing with the cat. I wasn't listening to the dialogue. <laughs> but yeah, Orson Welles kills it. The you know the last third was exciting and enthralling. The cuckoo clock speech was great. Martin's was fine enough. Uh, you know yeah. Calloway and and Harry are the the two standouts. And any time that they were involved, it was better than just Martin's and Anna kind of traipsing through bombed out vienna but yeah i i enjoyed it i thought it was uh i thought it was quite good cool all right well it's uh make sure that you you know stay subscribed for future episodes of noir november as we're not sure what exact movies we'll be covering but we'll stick to the genre maybe jump forward in time for a new a neo-noir at times we'll see we haven't hammered that out yet but make sure to uh keep listening to hear more of what we think of these different noir flicks coming later this month but that will do it for this week's episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine, I'll Watch It every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pod. So let us know what you think of New noir films. What are some of your favorites? Maybe we'll get to them in the coming weeks. Uh, and let us know if you've seen The Third Man, what you think of it, or if you checked it out after seeing that we did it. Let us know what you think of The Third Man on Facebook and Twitter. But once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Johnny. I'm Bridget. And thanks so much for listening.